0: Our text for this morning is our epistle lesson from Ephesians 6, especially this sentence. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This is our text. So what is it that would cause you to take or make a stand? So I was thinking about that question this week. I thought back to... A time quite a while ago when our daughter Ashlyn was in fifth grade and our kids went to the school that was attached to our church in Milwaukee. And so we were able to kind of keep an eye on things that were going on as the kids were going through school. And as I said, Ashlyn was in fifth grade and you know how fifth grade girls can be. (laughs) She hung around with three other girls. It was kind of this pack of four little girls and they did everything together in school and after school and on weekends and whatnot, and lo and behold there came a time when three of the girls turned on Ashlyn and began mistreating her and today I suppose you would say that they were bullying her and this went on for quite some time and, and finally I had reached my limit and probably did something I maybe shouldn't have done, but the girls were out at recess one day, and I had had enough, and so I gave those three other girls a piece of my mind. And I asked them to put themselves in Ashland shoes and to see how it would feel for them if they were being treated the way they were treating her. Well, it wasn't too long after that that things turned around, and of course they were friends again, and everything was fine. I just had to take a stand. So what is it that causes you to take a stand for your church, for your faith, for your Lord? Or maybe to ask it another way, what is it that would keep you from taking a stand? For most of us, we would probably answer that question with that one little four-letter word, fear fear of our own inadequacies, uh, fear of the unknown, fear of retribution, fear of people making fun of us, fear of the enemy himself. The Lord knows, especially in this day and age, that he needs his people to take a stand in the midst of this dead and dying world. He needs people to take a stand. Against the spiritual authorities, against the spiritual powers, against the spiritual enemies in this dark world. He needs people to take a stand against the devil himself and all of his fiery darts that he slings at us and against this world day after day. So what is it that keeps you from taking a stand? I want to examine that question for a few moments this morning. Fear is one of the things that lies at the root of our sinfulness as human beings. Before the fall into sin, human beings had no fear. They had nothing to fear. Can you imagine? what it must have been like to live in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve were comfortable, they were relaxed, they were at peace because they knew that their God was present with them, that he took care of them, that he provided for them, that they had everything they needed. But the very moment sin entered into the world, Adam was afraid when he heard the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Sin separates us from God. And separateness from God is the cause of our fear. So what is it that would cause you to take a stand? Not too long ago, a father wrote a series of letters to his children that were published in a series of magazine articles. And in one of them, he wrote this. And I wonder if this will... Uh, amplify with you as it did with me. He writes, when I was a child, I was like most children, afraid of things that go bump in the night. But I told myself for no good reason that monsters which lie under beds can't break through blankets and sheets. Remember having an imagination like that? By the time I was a teenager, I wasn't afraid of what might live under my bed, but I was afraid of what my friends might have to say about the way that I comb my hair. What do I fear now, he wrote. I'm afraid, to put it simply, of living a life that doesn't matter. I'm afraid of leaving the world exactly as I found it, no different from my having been here. And then he says, What are things that last forever? Justice, mercy, forgiveness, compassion, and grace are a few. If I want my life to count to be significant, then I will try to fill it as much as possible with these attitudes and actions. But what if our life isn't filled enough? With all of those good things? What if those are the ways that we are trying to please and appease God? What if we believe that those are the things that cause God to give us love and favor and grace and mercy? That causes fear when we begin to realize that we can do nothing but fall short. So, what is it that would cause you to take a stand? We are by nature spiritually blind. Spiritually ignorant, spiritually dead, we are born natural enemies of God. On our own, we cannot stand for him. By ourselves, we only fail and fall when we try to stand for him. We are helpless against the spiritual rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world. We are helpless in the struggle within ourselves involving temptations of all kinds. We can't even stand up to them. We are helpless as we try to overcome all kinds of guilt and shame. And the ground that we so often try to stand on is shifting and shaky. And it far too often keeps us from taking a stand for our church, for our faith, for our Lord. And in the midst of all this, what is it that would cause you to take a stand? Jesus was once asked to take a stand. I know you remember the story very well. He was led out into the wilderness. He fasted out there for 40 days, no food, nothing to eat for 40 days. And the devil seized that moment and he came to Jesus. He said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread and take something to eat. But Jesus took a stand. He said, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. But the devil didn't give up there. In fact, Satan had him stand on the highest pinnacle of the temple, and he said, if you are the Son of God, jump down from here. I know that you'll be protected. And Jesus stood firm. He stood on the solid ground of God's word. He said, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And still, the devil didn't give up. Satan took Jesus to a very high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and he said, if you bow down to me, I will give you all of this. Standing straight up, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It was the first foundation of God's word that enabled Jesus to stand up to all the tricks, all the temptations, all the tactics of the devil. And through all of this, what Jesus was doing is he was standing up for you. He overcame every temptation for you so that he would live a perfect life in your stead because you cannot do that. You never could and you never will be able to, so Jesus did it for you, and he survived the battle against the enemy because he had on the full armor of God, including, and most importantly, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you have that very same weapon. What is it, then, that would cause you to take a stand for your Lord, for your church, for your faith? Martin Luther once put it like this. I love this quote from Luther. He said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It grabs hold of me. God's word causes you to stand because God's word is filled with Jesus and he causes you to stand. He stood before Herod and Pilate He stood before the crowds and the leaders. He stood before the soldiers. And and he even stood before the devil himself. And he looked all of them in the eye and he said, Even if I die, yet will I stand. And stand he did outside the empty tomb on the third day. And so standing at the foot of the cross, you and I are covered in the blood of Jesus to forgive us for our sin, for our fear, for our guilt and shame, all those things that permeate our lives. After his resurrection, Jesus stood on the shore while his disciples were fishing out there on the Sea of Galilee. They didn't recognize him until he spoke his strong, reliable, trustworthy word. He stood there on the shore and he worked the miracle of the great catch of fish And then He called them into shore and He fed them with food for their bodies and food for their souls. By now you are beginning to see what it is that enables you and causes you to take a stand just like those early disciples. It is Jesus who clothes you with His own armor that protects you from all the assaults of the devil. It is he who bathes you in your baptism and stands you up after your baptism as a new person washed and purchased and redeemed and adopted into his family through the forgiveness of all of your sins. He puts the full armor of God on all of you so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Listen again to what John read a few moments ago. What is it that causes you to take a stand? Well, Paul adds to this in the book of Romans where he writes, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. It is God's grace in Jesus Christ that causes you To stand. So stand. Stand this morning. Stand against all the assaults of the devil. Stand against the rulers and the authorities of this dark world. Stand and pray. Stand and speak. Stand and defend your faith. Stand and fight. Stand and do all that you can in the name of Jesus. And he will do it for you and in you and through you. And as We do that as we take a stand, we take a view, a long view of things, the eternal view of things, for we know that in all things, God works together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So stand up, stand up for Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen.